Amen. Uh, power is one of those things, ladies and gentlemen, that we take uh, for granted. Uh, wouldn't you know it that in your body right now, every single one of us, we have an electrical current that's flowing through us in our body. Amen. And they still think that we're happenstance. Uh, I love discussing and talking and maybe even a little bit of debating about uh, the theory of evolution, where we came from, because it's just too easy to topple over. Amen. The example I always give with the kids is if uh, all of this happened by happenstance, and it would probably be very probable or easy for you to go to the top of the entire state building with a stack of playing cards and throw them off, just willy-nilly, and they would all land just like so, in perfect line on top of one another. Amen. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. God is a creator. He is a designer. He is an engineer. He's a builder. Amen. And Jesus is too. I'm glad that Jesus told us, if I go to prepare a place for you, I'll come back and receive you. Amen. God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit like to build and create. They've created this universe that we live in, this planet that we're on. They've created, uh, uh, they've given us opportunity for salvation. They've created the church, which we are a part of. Ladies and gentlemen, we are not a part of this world. We're just traveling through. Uh, I'm going to preach a message one day about traveling through. And uh, I got an idea, and I'm going to need Tim to help me get some stuff together about just traveling through. I'm just traveling through. Amen. This is why I have no ties to this world. Amen. Because Jesus said he was going to build a place for me. I remember one time I was out in the field uh, working, and I went to this lady's house. And her house, she was a, an older lady, and apparently, you know, she's uh, a lot of these older folks that I visit. They live on fixed incomes. And uh, they're just trying to do the best they can. They don't have extra money to spend on working on their houses, and her house was kind of in bad shape. It was bothering her real bad, you know. But she she just mentioned just briefly that she was uh, trusting the Lord, you know, to help her. And I said, "Oh, that's my door." <laughs> I looked at her. I said, "You uh, I said you're a child of God, aren't you?" I said, "You believe that the Lord's going to help you through whatever." Oh, she goes, "If I didn't have the Lord." She said, I wouldn't be or have anything. He goes, she, he's my everything. I said, well, let me tell you something. I know you're disappointed about the way your house is right now, but don't you know you got a house that's built that ain't ever like no house you've ever seen? And she started smiling. You see, that hope that we have, amen, it, it sturdies us, you know. It helps us and encourages us, and it put a smile on that lady's face to know that her Savior and her Lord had went to build a place for us. Amen? And not only was she going to get out of this world one day, not have to worry about that old, old house, but that body that was giving her so much trouble, she's going to get a new one of those as well. It's the best deal going. I was talking to the kids in Sunday school, you know, it's amazing to me how simple it is. To turn your heart and life over to God. His dad said this morning, the Lord went through uh, a lot to get us, have a, give us the opportunity to just be able to bow the knee and ask Him. Ask Him. We don't have to be like some of the other religions in the world where we have to beat ourselves with a whip and 
and climb up a uh, mountain of broken glass. We don't have to memorize an encyclopedia that we uh, incantate or chant over and over and over again. No, the Lord didn't want anything to do with that. He said, just ask. <laughs> How simple is that, ladies and gentlemen? How powerful is that? There's some people, they can't get their mind around that, that all we have to do is the Spirit of the Lord is tugging on our heart is to ask, amen. The brother last night, he got up here and he started preaching. And, I, you know, most people were up here worshiping the Lord and praying, you know. But he stuck to what the Lord had given him because there were some individuals that, out, that were out there that needed to come to an altar of repentance. I knew it. He knew it. Other people knew it. Uh, the choir that was here, the Lord was dealing with their hearts. I saw them go to... Uh, some of the same people and speak with them, you know. And I looked at Lisa, and I shook my head. I said, I just don't understand it. I said, the Spirit of the Lord is thick as pea soup in here, you know, and yet they're holding on to the, you know, the, the pews, which my, my wife said, well, they may be the first time they've been here, and they may be scared. And I understand that, you know. I understand that fear. But, you know, we want them to move towards the altar place. You know, as Dad said, we've removed the stigma of the altar here because what it's all about, ladies and gentlemen, is getting folks saved. And we don't have any time. I got no time. Amen. That's why I preached all those years ago, there's no time. It's either you're ready or not. Amen. And we've got to get as many folks in as we can. Now, it's been increasingly difficult because of the way that the world is. Amen. And we're going to talk a little bit about that in the book of Acts. If you look at the word power in the amplified version of the Bible, which is just a, a breakdown of Hebrew and Greek. That's all that it is. And I, I really like the amplified version. And uh, I enjoy Shakespearean English, so the King James is always with me. Amen. I love reading this word. Uh, but if you look at that in the book of Acts, there's a couple of different powers that are mentioned here. Let's, let's just learn from God's word tonight. Uh, the ones that I found were the, there was the Holy Spirit's power. We know that without a shadow of a doubt. Jesus said, I've got to go to the Father. Don't worry. When I get there, I'm not only going to start building, but I'm going to send you the Comforter. When He comes, He'll teach you all things. He'll empower you to be the church that I plan for you to be. Amen? We all know this. We experienced this in this house uh, just this morning and last night. We're Pentecostal. Pentecost is not a denomination. It's an experience. Amen? Uh, I even, <laughs> uh, and I still can't really get over it. I remember one time I was invited to the church across the street to do the brotherhood, and the Lord told me, he said, you're going to talk to them about the baptism in the Holy Ghost. I said, I can't do that because I don't think a lot of them believe that way. He said, you're going to go and talk to them. I've already got you an open door. I was like, well, I don't see the open door. Until there was a magazine put in my hand that said the Southern Baptist Convention had begun to allow their missionaries to speak in other tongues. <laughs> well, that makes sense. Why? Because those people are saved, and they need to be empowered to do the job where they are. So I used that, and I took it over there, and I talked to those gentlemen. I said, look, this isn't about just speaking in tongues and so on and so forth. The Bible says in Acts chapter 2 that we are, need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit to reach out to a lost and dying world. I don't care what your denomination or your creed say or whatever or your doctrine. 
If you're going to do this job of being a missionary out in the world, the world, in the field of the world, God is going to empower you to do the job by baptizing you in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues, and He's going to minister to you and empower you to go out. And when He does that, people's lives will be changed. It won't be any power of your own, but it'll be one that God gives us to do the job. Amen. And so he does that. And the Holy Spirit's there in the book of Acts, working through the church, us. Amen. There's the power of Jesus in the book of Acts. There's the power of death we will read about in the book of Acts. We see in the book of Acts our own power is there. And I'm going to read these verses to you. There's also, as we read in chapter 4, verse 7, they're asking, whose power are you doing this, all this stuff in? Amen. God's power is revealed in the book of Acts. Healing power is in the book of Acts. Man's power, authority, the government is in the book of Acts. Amen. False power is in the book of Acts. Do we not read of Simon? We'll read of him as well. And also we read about Satan's power in the book of Acts. Let's look at these real quick. Um, We're going to start with uh, whose power. We read for you just here Peter and John were arrested. In chapter 4 and verse 7, and the Bible says, And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, By what power or by what name have you done this? Amen. Those uh, religious leaders at the time were upset because this church that had been empowered with the Spirit of God was turning their world upside down. They were going into synagogues and preaching, and people were hearing the Word of God, and they were believing the word of God. Amen. They were being set free from their religion and their religious traditions and they were turning to Jesus and their lives were being turned inside out, upside down and over. And God was ministering and touching in a mighty way because the church was full of the Holy Spirit and the church was preaching the gospel message which is the most powerful message that's on the planet. Amen to a lost and dying world, and they were believing. Let me tell you something. You can put your name there. You can preach this message to someone and get them saved. Amen? It's not hard. It's a simple message. And when the Holy Spirit gets involved, it is the most powerful message on the planet. Amen? Let us be those that spread the gospel. Amen? Blessed are the feet of those that spread the gospel. Amen? There's God's power in the book of Acts. True believers praise and worship the real powerful God who had delivered Peter and John from the Jewish council. Amen. Jewish council let them go. And when they did, they praised God because his power had ministered to them to let them go. At the church of Antioch, the power and presence of God was saving a great number. Amen. The power of God was working in the church of Antioch and they were seeing a great number saved. I don't know about you guys. Well, I probably actually do. But I want to see a great number saved. Amen. It bothers. If I could be transparent with you for just a moment. It bothers me uh, whenever Brother Messer and Brother Greg both made the same point that the majority of us in here, and I would never do anything to offend anyone by mentioning their age, but are 50 years and older. Where's my, my age, folks? Amen. Where are they? Where are our young people? Where are they? Amen. We have a great number of kids coming up 
and we are ministering to them and helping them. But where are our teenagers and where are the folks that are my age? Amen. You know, I still believe, flat-footed, I'll tell you, Brother Brian believes that if we preach this gospel under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, this powerful message will go out and it will draw all men to Jesus. There's people that argue all the time, well, we're going to have a revival before Jesus comes back. Well, we're not going to have a revival before Jesus comes back. I don't care about that. Let us preach the gospel under the anointing of the Holy Spirit and allow God to draw whosoever will to an altar of repentance so that they can get saved and then they can be sanctified and then they can be filled with the Holy Ghost, amen, and become disciples of Jesus Christ. We are to make disciples, amen. We say, well, Brother Brandon, there ain't nobody here, you know, to make disciples. We're all disciples, you know, that we're looking at. Around, I say to God that he would draw them to this place. And I also ask God, wherever you go, that you'll be a light where you are. Amen. They're going to ask you about the hope that's in you is what the Bible says. That's how it works. Amen. So God's power is working. God delivered Paul and Silas from prison with a mighty, powerful, uh, awesome earthquake. Amen. We know the story. God's power is working in Acts. Amen. Ananias told Saul that God was going to use him and that he would progressively understand the plan and with clarity and power of what God wanted to do in Saul's life. The Holy Spirit's power, God's power is working in the book of Acts. Jesus' power was working in the book of Acts. And if you will note, if you study this out and you look at it, every verse that, that had about Jesus' power was always connected to healing. Amen. There's healing power in the book of Acts. Brian, why are you preaching about the book of Acts? We're supposed to be that same church. Amen. That's who we're supposed to be on the planet. That's what we're supposed to be doing on the planet. And so that's why I'm looking at there, there tonight. And of course we know the Holy Ghost power is working in the book of Acts. Amen. Every verse that had to do with the power of the Holy Ghost in the book of Acts deals with the individuals being enabled to share the gospel and resist the religion and worldly systems. Every single one of them that I read about the Holy Ghost power, it all had to do in the book of Acts with preaching the gospel. Amen. We have all been put on here, this planet for the reason we've all been saved so that we could go and share this gospel with people, amen? And it's going to happen in every your everyday life. God makes appointments for you to minister to folks. Do you believe that? It's happened to me so many times, I can't believe it, amen? Especially now that I get to go door to door, and I really get to see what's going on out there uh, in the community. And I'll tell you, those folks are hurting, amen? They are. And they need a church that will stand up that's Holy Ghost filled, amen, and go to them and let them know there's a God that loves them, there's a Jesus that died, there's a Holy Spirit that wants to indwell you, and there's you can have life, amen. Life and life more abundant, the Bible says, amen. There's healing power in one verse, in verse uh, chapter 5, verse 10, 15 in the book of Acts, and I'm trying to hurry just to get through these. But there's also another power's that are working in the book of Acts. 
man's power or authority given to him by the world system. And the book of Acts talks about Moses and Saul. It says that Moses was given authority and power by the Egyptian government. We have folks like that in our government that we vote into powerful positions. Amen. Uh, some of them we're glad that we did, and sometimes we're not so happy that they got in there. You know, that's just the way it is. Saul was also a man that had power. If Brother Kevin was in here, even though Brother Kevin gets to go home sometimes <laughs> whenever he's not doing his job, Brother Kevin's been put into a position of authority, amen, in our county. You know, he's the deputy sheriff, the second in command, and he tells men to go and they go, and he tells men to come and they come, if you will. Yeah, that's what Brother Kevin does. And this is no different than Mo uh, Moses and Saul. Also, there's personal power, amen. Uh, Peter asked the people, why do they think uh, this power comes from us? As Peter was healing people, the folks, you know, like most people do, were like, wow, these guys have a lot of power. Peter discerned this in his heart. He looked to him. He said, no, 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 no. You don't understand. This isn't my power. This is the power that's moving through me. This is God's power. You're not going to put me on a pedestal. This is the Spirit of the Lord, what he's doing. You know, the book of Acts says that for Peter and them, they would take sick folks and lay them out in the road just so that Peter's shadow would go over them and they would be healed. It wasn't Peter, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> if we know anything about Peter, he's us. And in the Gospels, he messed up a lot. You know, he was very human. Until that day, he was endued with power from on high. And then he walked with the Lord, and his very shadow would heal people. I tell you what, there's, I know maybe we shouldn't ask God for, we should ask God for, for whatever gift he wants to operate in us in the body of Christ. But with this gift of healing, I always ask about that one. Lord, you know, I'm not supposed to ask you about what gift because you're going to give me whatever gift that you, cho you, you need me to use. But I sure would like to have that one, amen, <laughs> flowing through me. That would be just fine. I'd be just fine and dandy with that, amen, to have the healing power of God flowing through me. Oh, not to put my name on any board. I don't want that, no, because I plan on throwing... I, you know, me and Ian, we get out and we throw the Frisbee outside. And there's sometimes I get to throw in that Frisbee, Sister Brenda. And I think about it. When I get my crown, throwing it at his feet. <laughs> Praise God. We're going to really get to do that. And we're going to get to really see him as he is. You are going to do that. Is that not amazing? Amen. It's wonderful. I thank God. For that, but we see personal power was there too. Those people were like, "This power comes from Peter." Peter said, "One second, at the end, we'll we're going to shout." I believe it. False power. Simon the sorcerer had a power, and he had a lot of prestige in the community because he was a sorcerer. And whenever he saw the disciples laying hands on people and they were receiving the Holy Spirit, he asked them. He said, "Will you give me this power so I can have it?" You know, and they said, oh, no, <laughs> you don't get this like that, that, brother. You know, Simon had a false power, uh, one that he manipulated people with. And the disciples, uh, they corrected him and what he needed to do. Amen. There was also the power of death that we read of 
in chapter 2 and verse 24, the power of death. Amen. Let's just read that verse real quick. Let's go with verse 23. Him talking about Jesus being delivered. This is Peter on the day of Pentecost talking. By the determinate counsels and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken by wicked hands and have crucified and slain. Boy, that cut them to the heart, did it not? Verse 24. Whom God has raised up, having loosed the pains of death, the power of death, because it was not possible that he should be holding of it. What does that mean, Brother Brian? That means that it says in the Amplified Version, but God raised him up, releasing him and bringing an end to the agony of death. Since it was impossible, it was impossible for him to be held in death's power. Amen. Praise God forever. It was impossible for Jesus to be held by death's power. Amen. We have to understand that at every point in what Jesus did, he was in complete control. He allowed them to crucify him on that cross. Amen. He died in six hours. This uh, kind of dumbfuddled the, the centurion and all those and the soldiers and also Pilate because usually it takes about three days for you to die on a cross. And that's terrible. I mean, that's terrible. That's just how bad the Romans were. But it puzzled Pilate that Jesus had already died. Jesus gave up the ghost. I mean, I can't get over this point. He died. He said, I'm going to die now because I finished the work now. And whenever he chose to do that, he died. And it just blew their mind. But just to let you know that a same, he, even though he allowed himself to die, death could not hold him. Amen. I'm so glad of that fact because that means there's no sting of death for me. Oh, praise God. Are you not excited about that fact of knowing that because we put our faith in Jesus Christ, when our day comes, when there is today, tomorrow, ten years from now, there will be no sting of death for us. Amen. There will be no sting of death for us. It will be all glory when we go to be with Him. Amen. Death's power is there. Also, in the, in the uh, book of Acts, Satan pow Satan's power is also there. Paul, before King Agrippa, shares the very words of Jesus spoken to him on the road of Damascus. Well, what did Jesus say to him? Look at all these powers that we're seeing that are warring against one another in the book of Acts, this church that God has made. Amen? Uh, let's see, Acts chapter 26, I'm having to go there real quick. Verse 18 says, well, I'll just read from 16 because it's great. Jesus is speaking to Saul. But rise and stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness both of these things which thou hast seen and of those things in which I will appear unto thee, delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom now I send thee. Verse 18 says, To open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light. If ever there needed to be something happen in our country, we need blinded eyes to be open and folks to turn from darkness to light. Amen? That's what we need. 
and from the power of Satan. Jesus here says that Satan has power. Turn from the power of Satan, amen, unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. So we see all these powers. We see the power of the Holy Spirit. We see Jesus' power, God's power. We see the power of death that could not hold Jesus, but there's power in death. We've seen our own power, man's power, and its government. We've seen healing power. What does all this mean, Brian? You've went through this. Well, let's go look at a story real quick. If you'll go to Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 17, you already know where I'm going and what story that I'm going to share with you. If you go to 1 Samuel chapter 17, you'll see there the story of two guys that were coming against each other with different powers. Amen? David, I love telling this story. and I ain't got a lot of time left. David had been sent by his father to take his brothers some food. When he got there, uh, he came upon a very dire and terrible situation. There was a Philistine in the name Goliath, you know, and you know what he was doing. He was literally mocking God and the Israelites, cursing God, and causing quite a ruckus, he was. And he didn't want the two armies to have to fight one another because he knew he could lick anyone that was on that battlefield, and in truth, he probably could in their own power. He just wanted one person to come out, one challenger. If you'll just send me one guy that can lick me, you know, if I could just share with you some of the wisdom that my dad gave me years ago. He said, Brian, let me tell you something. It don't matter how big and tough they are. Somebody's always got their number. <laughs> and I thought, yeah, that's true, Dad. That's one of my, uh, Dad's wisdoms that he always gave me. You know, there's always somebody that's got that guy's number. And that's true because I've actually seen that in real life. You know, they may be the biggest and baddest, but they'll go up against one guy that's got them. It just happens all the time. But Goliath is here. He's like, nobody can defeat me. Bring them on. You can bring five guys. I don't care. You know, that's how arrogant he was. You know, but where he really messed up is where he mocked God. You don't get, you don't mock God and get away with it. Now, I don't care if you're Goliath or if you're some politician. It will, you will not get away with it. Amen. It won't happen. And David shows up, and David's a little redheaded, scrappy guy. And uh, not much to look at, really. Just a boy, really. That's all that he is. And uh, his brothers are hiding in the rock. And he's like, what are y'all guys doing? Well, we're just hiding here. Well, what are you doing that for? Well, there's a big bully out there, a Philistine, and if we go against him, he's going to kill every one of us. This puzzles David. He doesn't understand this. He, he doesn't have this kind of concept or logic. So you're telling me that the army of the Lord is hiding in the rocks and it bothers him really bad. And I can just see that red hair start glowing because <laughs> he's getting angry. Amen. He's getting upset. Who is he to talk about God and us, God's people, the way that he is? And you can see one of his brothers come to him and say, Now, David, I know how you are. You're going to have to settle down. 
the power that's out in that field, are you getting this? The power that's out there in that field, it's too great. We can't go up against that power that's out there in that field. There's a lot of power out there across that way. There's a big power right over there. His name's Goliath, and we can't lick him. Ain't nobody in this camp can lick him, you know. Ain't none of us can go out against that. It'd take uh, all of us just to take him down, and then we got the army behind him. There's a too great of a power. And what is in David's mind? That's foolishness. There is no greater power than the God that called us out. That the God that brought us where we are. You are all silly hiding in these rocks. And I'll tell you what, (laughs) just uh, let me bear with me, but there's some people in the church that are hiding behind the rocks. There's some churches that are hiding behind some rocks. Oh, well, you know, we don't want to mess with that power out there or that worldly system, that political system. So we're just going to let you do what you want to do. And if you want to come in our church and do that, that's fine. We're going to hide in the rocks because we're too scared about what you think and your worldly powerful system. Amen. I got news for that world. (laughs) Amen. You ain't got it. There is one who rules supremely. He rules over all. He has created all. He has done all. Amen. He knows all. He knows you. The Bible says he knows every hair that's on your head. The world ain't got nothing on our Lord. Amen. Amen. He's got nothing on our Lord. But David is here. He gets upset. He's like, so you're telling me you're all intimidated by that power, that guy right there. You're intimidated by him. And you'll notice the relationship between the powers we went through in Acts. Goliath was completely confident in his own power. He was completely confident in the authority that the Philistines had given him. He was completely confident in the world system that he was a part of in his religion. And he was completely confident in Satan's power, I'm quite certain. Amen. There he is. A worldly system, believing in himself. Been given authority by the world, believing in Satan himself and his terrible religion that he was a part of, and completely confident that nobody could lick him. And here's David, <laughs> this, this little, little boy. Amen. And what does he say? What is his thoughts? My God can take him out, no problem. No issue. I'm not scared of his worldly system. I'm not scared of his politics. I'm not scared of his social status. I'm not scared of what he has to say. I'm not scared of any of it. I know God can take him out. I'll go. And I can see David's brother. Can't you, Mama, see David's brother? Say, you can't, you can't go out there. And then I can see one of them, and I know I'd probably be this way if I was an older brother. Lord, Dad's going to kill us if he goes out there. We'll just have to tell him. We'll have to tell him, uh, uh, well, we tried everything, Jesse, that he wouldn't go out there, but we just couldn't stop him. Amen. And where does David go? He goes to Saul's tent. I'm trying to hurry, but I love this story. Amen. I'm, I love this story. And what does Saul do? <laughs> He tries to put on his power. I'll give you my authority, and I'll give you my my armor, and I'll give you my this, and I'll give you my that, and I'll give you my daughter. And the whole time David is sitting there looking at all that and saying, that's not going to get the job done either, Mr. Saul. That's not going to get the job done. You know, you've got your faith and your eyes are off of it too. 
None of this is going to work. It's only going to be God that's going to take him down. It won't even be me. Amen? There's David looking at the power of the world, knowing inside of him that God that he serves is greater. And he was the only one on the battlefield that thought that way. That's terrible. He's the only one in the... You know, sometimes when I see the church in the world now, I feel that way. You know, I'm not trying to make myself better than them. I don't, I don't feel that, that. I don't put people below me. I don't do the whole nose up thing. I don't. Because I want those other churches to know. I want those other churches to feel the presence and the power of the Holy Ghost and to know that all the gimmicks they don't need so David looked at all the gimmicks that Saul had, and he said, I can't use these. They won't work. I know what works, because I've used these. Amen? And he went to the brook, and he got five stones. He was so confident in God. He was so confident in his God and God's power that not only was he going to take out Goliath, he was going to get every single one of his brothers, too, if they showed up. That's how confident God uh, David was in God. Amen. That's how confident we need to be in God, no matter what's going on. I know in some of y'all's lives, I know some of the stories. We wouldn't ever mention it because it's way too sensitive. And you're looking at it just like you're looking at a Goliath. There's a big power out there. There's something that I can't change. There's nothing I can do about it. I can't control it. I can't overcome it in that person's life. But it's a power. Amen. That I can't, I can't do anything about it. Continue to trust in God above. Amen. Continue to believe in Him. Continue to pray. Continue to trust Him. And why don't you, when you get done praying, go ahead and lift your hands and thank Him because He is powerful enough to overcome it. Amen. David goes out there in the field and, and, and Goliath is just upset. He's so upset. You think I'm a dog that you would just come out to me with a stick? And I could see David going, yeah, I do think you're a dog. I didn't, you know, that's how David was. He's not confident in and of himself. He's not confident in and of himself. He's confident in God. Look at the conversation here. Let's read the word of God. Came to pass when the Philistines arose and came and drew nigh to meet David that David hasted. He ran. Praise God. He ran to Goliath. He didn't just stop. He didn't walk. He wasn't intimidating him by what, it, what was going on. He started trotting and heading out right to where that power was. Amen. David put his hand in his bag. He took stents of stone. He slung it and he smote the Philistine in his forehead. Then the stone sunk into his forehead and he fell upon his face to the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone and smote the Philistine and slew him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. So what did David do? He went and borrowed Goliath's sword and lobbed that head off. Amen. We get intimidated by the power of the world, by the power of social media, by the power of politics, by the power of our government, by the power of what's going on around us. Ladies and gentlemen, we serve the God who is more powerful than any power that's in this world. Amen. He has overcome. He has overcame. He reigns. There's no one that's been able to lick him. There's no one else that's going to be able to. Amen. Death cannot overcome our God. Amen. We 
have a God that can do all things because He is an all-powerful God. Amen. And all those powers we see in Acts that are warring with one another. We are in spiritual warfare is what we're in. Amen. I remember Brother Jeff preaching about this too. He said, I know I'm not a real big guy, but spiritually, he said, I'm a giant. I tell you what, if we were to be able to see with our spiritual eyes some of these grandmothers, little grandmothers that get in their their prayer closet, uh, they would be a very intimidating sight to see spiritually. Amen. Yeah, they may not be able to get, you know, my grandmothers, they couldn't get around really well, especially at the end of their life. But every time I prayed with my grandmother and my meemaw and the, and the, over there in the, the uh, nursing home, I always felt the presence and the power of God. Amen. Though their bodies may have failed them, there were two spiritual giants that I would go and visit. In my life, I remember getting a hold of Grandma's hand when we pray, and the Spirit of the Lord would fall. I remember going and praying for Meemaw, and such a sweet Spirit of God would come into the room. They were spiritual giants, amen, to me. That's the way we need to be. Don't worry about those powers. We serve a God who is all powerful, amen. In the book of Acts, when the Holy Spirit came and the church was born, we were born in fire. And we're supposed to be soldiers for the Lord. Amen. Let us be soldiers for the Lord. Let it, let's not let that world system intimidate us. It doesn't intimidate me. Amen. Because one sweet day, I'm so glad to report this. One sweet day, our Lord is going to descend, descend to this earth. And He's going to walk through an eastern gate. And he is going to sit on a throne and rule and reign. And we get to rule and reign with him. It seems so far away. It seems so unreal. But it is as real as me standing on this concrete and carpet right now. Amen. Would you please stand with me?